the Missional Life Podcast, inspiring kingdom-minded believers around the world to live the mission of God in their lives. All right, welcome back to the Missional Life Podcast. Today we are at the NRB Conference and we have a chance to sit down with Karen Conrad. And Karen has recently released a book called The Promise of Purpose. Proven Strategies to Reach Your God-Given Potential. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dan and Amanda, for having me. I'm really honored. Let's get right into it. Tell us the story of how God ignited your purpose and how it is involved in every part of your life. Oh, that's a great question. Well, to, to really explain fully how I got to the point of understanding that I not only have a purpose, but... I need to live out that purpose and line up with it. I'm going to take you back a little bit and give you somewhat of a historical perspective. Does that sound good? Absolutely. So um, I was in banking. I grew up in a small town, great family, got married, I have a son, and I was in banking at the really the highest level that I had ever dreamed of was possible. We just received a, a great promotion written up in the Movers and Shakers in Minneapolis, And uh, everything changed in a moment in my life. That's really what caused me to start this journey. And what happened in 2010 is when I was at work, uh, my human resources manager walked in my office and slid a card across the table and said, Karen, you need to call this phone number. And I said, oh, you know why? She goes, it's Tim, which is my husband's name. And I literally thought she meant our interim president at the bank, Tim. She said, no, Karen, you're Tim, and you need to call this number. It's a Hennepin County Medical Center. So I thought, okay, something happened. Like, you know, what did Tim do now, right? Uh, He was in construction. And when I called that phone number, it wasn't a nurse's station. It was the coroner's office. And without any warning, I found out that my husband had died at 8 a.m. that morning. And so in a moment of time, I was a single mom of a 16-year-old boy, all the responsibility, you know, provider, protector, best friend in my life was just gone. And that really started my journey of, um, wow, I I had to figure something out. The way that I, I thought my life was going to be just vanished in a moment of time. And so from that point on, Uh, I lived out, you can't imagine the fear, Uh, being a single mom, just the concern over finances. It was really just overwhelming and then managing an executive job at the same time. So during this time, um, I really sought the Lord because when everything that you're familiar with you th- I thought I was leaning on the Lord, but honestly, I found out I wasn't. I was really leaning on my identity as being a wife, a mom, and certainly in my job. When all that goes away, you really get to that point of something has to change here. And I felt the Lord speak to me that, you know what? He, he just impressed in me that I have one chance to be a mom and I felt an assurance that he would reestablish my career at some point. Uh, so at that point, I quit my executive job, which is really where my identity was at that time. Uh, and I stayed home with my son over a summer while he was preparing to go to college. 
And it was in that summer, really out of just like, Lord, I've, I've got to figure life out here, is when I started to discover the importance of purpose. And really, that was the beginning of the story of walking out my life after a traumatic event and really digging into what God had for me. And, um, you know, fast forward, there's a, a definitely a good part to this story is now when I look back and where my life is today, I can't imagine that I would be doing the things that I'm doing, living the life that I'm living. And I'll tell you, it started with a discovery and a commitment to walk out my purpose. Amen. That's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, we here at the Mission Life, we don't believe that God causes pain um, to teach us things. Right. Um, I agree. But he can bring things. He, you know, he promises that to, to bring good out of, out of bad. Yes. And I love that you, you didn't stop there because mm-hmm. you, you had a choice at that point to become bitter or better. That's so true. And mm. you could be angry with God. There's so many things you could have, that could have just stopped you. Yeah. Especially the fear you mentioned. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I remember, um, that's such a good point. I remember even after hearing the news, I had to go get my son and pick him up because he was coaching basketball, um, like in an inner city basketball camp with the news like, your daddy died this morning, right? But I still remember today sitting in our backyard and we we're just sitting in chairs next to each other. And I just said, Levi, um, God did not do this. Mm-hmm. And he knew enough to mm-hmm. like, no, God did not do this. We don't understand everything. But if nothing else, if you realize that that source of what happened was not God, that was not God's intent that Tim's life would be cut short at 45. Mm-hmm. But knowing that God is good and he doesn't bring pain, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. That foundation helps us to move forward in a way mm-hmm. where Romans 8.28 can actually become a reality in our life. Mm-hmm. That we know that this, uh, the enemy meant this for our harm. Mm-hmm. But God, take our life and please make this for good. Amen. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I love that faith response because, you know, in most of, you know, humanity, our, our natural our natural decision or inclination in times of trouble is to really just take hold and to grab and just, you know, grab everything by the horns and just, and hold on tight. And yours was really to, to let go and say, you know what, I'm going to quit what my security is. I'm going to, you know, um, and I'm going to focus on what God has given me. The more, you know, the more, more important, the mission for you at that point was you and yours, you know, and you had to watch over your son and um, for you to let go of, kind of one of those last remaining securities and say, you know what, God, we're going to see you do, we're going to see you move in this and we're going to trust you in this. And I need to let go and I need to focus on, you know, my son for the, for this period of time. Wow. Absolutely. M- that must've been such a difficult decision, but, but it's a decision that, you know, altered your, the trajectory of your, of your life and your ministry and your businesses, I'm sure. It totally did. And even at that point too, just being home during the summer, my son was supposed to go to Southeastern University in Florida. And so my thought was, I'm just going to be home with him in the summer, spent a lot of time in the Word. We would go for drives. You know, we really were walking this out together. Three weeks before he was supposed to go to college, he looked at me and he said, Mom, I think I'm called to go to Bible college. Hmm. So I was like, whoa, you know, here we are in Minnetonka, Minnesota, an executive um, home, beautiful home. I thought he would go to college. I'd go back into banking. And then when he 
told me Bible college, it was only going to be Andrew Womack, which we're all familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't send my 18-year-old out to Colorado with no student housing. And so I actually moved with him. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, that's a point at which I don't even know how I had the strength to make that decision. It sounded absolutely crazy. My family was like, what are you doing? You know, and then my mom was like, you're taking our grandson and you're going to Colorado. Nobody in my family moved outside of Minnesota. But we got things packed up. The house rented. We moved out to Colorado uh, with a U-Haul and our clothes in the back and our little Cadillac CTS pulling behind it. And we lived in a hotel for two weeks. We got into the Bible college and I tell people, and this is the truth, I went from $200,000 a year to working in the phone center for $10 an hour. And that was really a process of getting grounded even more in the word. But Mm. imagine when your identity has been in, you know, being a wife, being a mom, my career, Mm. and all at once I'm answering phone calls, praying with people, which there's a really great into this story, this part of it too, and people half my age that were listening to my phone calls and then telling me what I was doing right and wrong. And um, it was very humbling. I was confused, like, Lord, what is going on? Mm-hmm. There was even positions that opened up in the phone center. It's like, can I, can I do this for $12 an hour? Everything I applied for, I didn't get. Wow. It was a really interesting time. But you know, when we go through those times and you go on a journey where you know, you know, I don't, whatever's going on around me right now, um, I don't really understand. And I couldn't really put my head there, but I knew enough that God is a good God, that he wants me successful. And somehow when you're going through things, you're able to kind of say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm just going to keep moving forward in this area. And I think with that, that alignment, like, I don't understand exactly what you have ahead, but I'm going to cooperate with you. I'm going to know you're a good father. Mm -hmm. Looking back on that, it's amazing because, um, that's when I went into real estate. I had that in my heart. That's when I started the home staging company, which I had never done anything like that before. Mm -hmm. So I left that job and about three months later, The CEO of Andrew Womack Ministries called me. He had heard of me, brought me back in, and that's where the career started taking off within the ministry. I was marketing director, vice president of 7M, got to be on the ground floor of helping create so many things I couldn't have even asked or dreamed. And you know, the foundation for that was being on the phone with people that were coming and calling in the ministry, praying with them, because I was hearing the heart of the ministry at the, the closest level to mm-hmm. viewers and people that were blessed. Now, if I would have during that time not known what we talked about, would have quit, I'm just going back into banking, this you know stinks, making $10 an hour, my savings is all going. But having that trust, look what God had planned for me Mm. on the other side of that. But Mm. to reach that, it's sort of like, okay, God, my my purpose is in you. It's not my job. It's not if I had a good day today or not. But it's in what he created me for at the beginning of the foundations of the earth. Wow. That is so good. I love that. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love how we can back up because you know, the, we think about the wise man and how he built the house on the rock. Yes. And mm-hmm. for you and you know, for, for so many of us, we need to go back to what is that rock? And we know that that rock is Jesus, but yes. knowing that Jesus and God is good, that's foundational. It is. That he's for you, that he's not against you. Mm-hmm. Because if, you know, if you're going that whole time against what, you know, who God is and, and if he's opposed and you, like, you're not going to win. But knowing that he's for you. And so mm-hmm. first of all, knowing that he's good. And then when you know that he's good, it's so much easier and so much more powerful to be able to trust him. Mm-hmm. And it then is. from there, then you can begin to, okay, God, you're good. I trust you. What's your purpose? Mm-hmm. But uh, amidst all that is, I love this, how you rested. And so many times striving and purpose, you know, we get so busy and we're, we're just busy, busy, busy. And we can't hear God on the purpose because we're mm-hmm. so striving in our own efforts. And we get outside of his purposes. We do. And when we stop and we rest. Mm-hmm. And we say, you know what, God, like, this is what makes sense in the world, but I'm trusting you. You're good. You have good things for me. I'm going to rest right now and I'm going to hear you. And he positioned you so that you could then hear the needs and the, and the heartbeat of, like you said, the ministry. And you could hear so many people that were, had so many different struggles and then he positioned you. And now that that experience propelled you into being able to write books and, and helping people yeah. find their purpose. Wow. How amazing. So, t- so fast forward, how do, how do we, how did you begin to go out of that experience into helping people find their purpose? That is such a great question. And, um, I just want to let people know too. It's like, it's, it, it was a journey, mm. right? There were days where you would look at me and say, I was not calm. Mm. <laughs> so I think that's a thing too. Sure. Like the Lord doesn't expect us to mm. um, go through difficult times and have, you know, no emotions or challenging times, but it's like, he knows our heart. So when our heart is with him, he helps us through it. So I'm going to share an experience with you. I, I talk about this in the book, but really this was that pivotal moment for me that I actually understood purpose in my life in a very tangible way. And from that point, really, I was able to help others to discover their purpose and live it out as well. I had come from a meeting at, at the ministry, and I was fairly high up uh, in the ministry, but I was still, you think like, you know, I'm all over my job or whatever, but really there was still those remnants. You know, I really wanted to do a good job. Um, I always wanted to uh, have approval. Um, those are common things I think a lot of us deal with. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving down what we call the pass, um, you're familiar with that, yes. right? From Woodland Colorado Park down Springs. to Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten out of a meeting and I went into that meeting and I really knew like God had shared some ideas with me that were going, that were helpful. I knew they were God ideas, but in that meeting, when I brought them up, um, they just were rejected. They weren't accepted. And, um, we, we all want to do a really great job, uh, in our ministry and in our positions. And I was so discouraged because I felt like I had something that God gave me that could help, but people were not accepting it. So you have to remember, I'm, I'm all the states away from all of my support system in a completely different area, you know, working in a realm that I had not really worked in before. And as I was driving down the pass, I was crying out to the Lord and uh, just was, you know, 
to be honest, I think I was like pretty angry at sure. God, right? You or, can handle it, can't Yeah, you? I was like, oh, that's <laughs> enough. Um, I just remember crying out and just saying, you know, thinking like, hey, why did you bring me all the way mm-hmm. out here uh, when nobody's listening to me? You know, I, I moved across the country. I thought I heard from you. Uh, but now the things that I know you gave me, nobody's listening. And just sort of this, you know, uh, just an emotional time for me in the car. Yeah, and I heard the voice of the Lord in a very soft way in my heart. And it was, um, he said, you know, Karen, the gifts and talents that you have are mine. Hmm. Because part of my thought process is if, if they're not going to listen to my ideas, the gifts and talents, why am I even here, right? And I thought, okay, Lord, I I know that. That's in the Word. And he's like, no. He said, the gifts and talents that are in you are mine. I put them there. And I am more concerned about my gifts and talents being honored and used to further the kingdom of God than you are. Hmm. It, It broke. I mean, this... I don't know what it was looking back, you know, maybe it was pride, maybe I'm not sure what it was, but that like broke that approval thing, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, the fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of man in that moment, it just, it went away because I realized that it wasn't my job to convince people that what I had for for them was going to help them or even to accept my ideas. That's not my job. My job is what Second Corinthians shares with us is to plant and to water, but the increase comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So in that, all the pressure went away. And if you can imagine that shift in me to realize that I couldn't take responsibility for the gifts and talents, that God actually put them in me, and it's my job to steward them, but it is not my job to promote them. Hmm. And so from that point on, my whole life changed. My whole outlook changed. And I can honestly say from that point on, my life just took off and expanded like exponentially. Hmm. And it was because I could finally just relax and, and release back to God what was actually his and see then my heart could be clear to just focus on what the lord wanted me to do and not worry about what other people thought of me mm-hmm. or did i do a good job today you know my emotions would fight a good job at work or a good day and, and everybody was pleased and great job karen i would just be you know really happy but then if i had a day like i was just describing then my emotions were tanked. Well, God doesn't want us to be on an emotional roller coaster. Yes. But I didn't, I, I thought you can control that from your head, right? Mm-hmm. But what I learned that day, it was a heart thing. And it was aligning and understanding and accepting that I have a purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I can't knock doors down. I don't want to open doors that shouldn't be opened. But if all I do is cooperate with God, the Word of God tells us that He actually has purposefully planted our life. 
He tells us in Psalms that all the days of our life were actually planned, you know, like the grains in the sand mm -hmm. before we were born. So then I don't even need to sit and plot my life, life out, right? I maintain my relationship with the Lord, doors open, I'm a good steward of it, I'm diligent, but I just cooperate with Him. Mm -hmm. I don't have to drive it. And that's a significant difference. I love how transparent you are mm -hmm. because so many times when we think about purpose and when we hear, you know, just conversations with God, so many people aren't transparent. They're trying to, you know, God knows what we're feeling already mm -hmm. and he wants to, he wants to help us. But so many times we're just, we want to wear that mask, you know, and you know that the true worshipers need to come to him. Uh, through, you know, and we'll worship him in spirit and truth. And I've heard it said that they, there's an interpretation of that, uh, of it being without a mask, that we need to come to him and worship him and know him by who we really are. Mm -hmm. And I love how you, in that openness, God was able to kind of break that from you and say, hey, look, the giftings and the talents that I've given you, I'm the owner, you're the steward. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And when we get that stewardship mentality that he's imparted those things in, into us, but he's more concerned, like you said, he's more concerned about how we use them than, than we really are. Yes. And so many times we misunderstand that. God, I want to do something for you. Yes. And he's saying, wait, I've given you those things. I want you to do those things more than you even want to do them. Exactly. But we've got to get that revelation first, don't we? We really do. And I think one of the favorite stories, and I share this in, um, the book is about Hagar. You know, when you think about it, a lot of people are coming from hurtful places. Um, they feel invisible. Um, mm. One of the things I'll say is like, you know, we feel like they're voted off the island, you know, when things happen in our life. And um, again, just realizing that our our approval is in Christ, but to get there sometimes isn't as easy as it sounds. Mm. But when I was reading through the life of Hagar, when you when you follow her life, she was leaving the camp, right? Mm. She was um, rejected, being abused. She was ready to die. And she went out, she was in the wilderness, and God showed up and he spoke identity and purpose to her. Mm. And he mm. let her know, and she said, you are the God that sees me. And so no matter how difficult our life is, no matter what we go through, first of all, knowing that God never brings bad things our way, but also knowing that wherever we're at today, he sees us. Yes. And he wants to do like he did with Hagar. He wants to speak purpose and identity to us. And when we allow him to do that, do you realize how strong? I mean, she went back to a place that was... A really bad situation but when she knew her purpose and her identity that she was going to have Ishmael that she was going to have you know 12 sons it gave her the strength to go okay God I trust you and I'm gonna go back to the camp mm. so I think a word for people today that are listening is God sees you Amen. That's mm -hmm. a good word. Mm -hmm. what do you think you you know, you talk about identity and purpose. What do you what do you think some of the biggest avails are that are covering and kind of keeping hidden people's identity and purpose are? Mm -hmm. oh, that's a great question. Um, 
I think a lot of times we don't realize that our identity isn't in Christ. And so I think um, just pursuing that and realizing that, you know, I might be thinking and walking in my identity. But for me, and I think a lot of people would say, uh, we look to people for our approval. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think a lot of times we're so busy trying to be successful in things. There's nothing wrong with that. But it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I think we go sometimes after things mm-hmm. or we want to be noticed by someone. And oh, my goodness, if I could just get this job, uh, you know, if my child could just be a star athlete, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. I think that can really hinder us. Um, and also just understanding that we each have a unique purpose, a unique God-given purpose. Sometimes we look at other people and we think, wow, if I could just be like that person. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that in that, we're actually giving up something that is so valuable and beautiful in the way that God made us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's some of it. Fear of man, certainly what other people uh, think of us can come into play. Um, and I think there's something there. I have a chapter in there uh, that's called Glass Ceiling Shattered on Purpose. Mm-hmm. And in there... There are four areas, and I have a cute little story about this, uh, about my husband uh, meeting my second husband today, David, uh, is that when we have past experiences that are hurtful, uh, maybe we have past sins, maybe we're believing lies, or there's a pride in us, which isn't a pride that's like, oh, I think I'm so cool, but really more a pride of Um, looking at ourselves and our abilities instead of being humble and saying, Jesus, I receive everything you did on the cross. I think we don't understand our potential because we're looking at things through a lens of how we see ourselves, Mm -hmm. where when we shatter that glass ceiling, we're actually able to see us the way God sees us and realize that I'm not going to do something in my own strength. We wouldn't want to do that, although a lot of times we think that's all we have. But when we let him show us what he has for our life and we realize it's going to be bigger than anything you and I can do alone, that is really where we start to go to that place in him, remove those limits and start to do things supernaturally that we never could do if we were within ourselves. That's so good. Yeah, I love how you talked about seeing yourself through the lens of how God sees you. Mm-hmm. And the, the way we do that is really getting into the word. The word so reflects true. who we are, our new identity in Christ. Yes. And the more time we spend in the word, the more we know who we really are. Yes. And we know what our purpose is. And so I love that you're, you know, in putting people back to the word and saying, you know, this is who you are in Christ. And, mm-hmm. you know, Again, going back to the points, God is good. You can trust him. He has a purpose for you. And then finding those. And you know, I love how you help those uh, help people find that. You have a tool on your website, I think, I that helps people find their purpose. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as I was journeying through this process and just started to grab hold of like, wow, Lord, uh, you know, I'm more than my job or whatever that is. Uh, he gave me like these questions to ask and to walk through things. And and I do want to go back to one thing that that you mentioned is you're right. The word of God, um, after Tim passed away and I spent that whole summer really in the front living room reading the word, 
I had to renew my mind. And we, I've heard that scripture like for years, renew your mind. Well, what does that mean? It means seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And to do that, you're right, health. You know, what does God say about my health? What does God say about relationships? Uh, what does God say about, you know, how special I am? You can go on and on. Mm-hmm. And we train ourselves that way to look at life in a way more like the way God sees us. So you're able to take those thoughts that come against what God would want us to think and put them aside, okay? So, um, so as I was going through this process and I was sort of like, okay, Lord, I- I'm ready now. That kind of broken experience coming down the hill. He gave me several questions to ask to help get at the root of what I'm designed to do and to be. And so you can go to karenconrad.net, go to the shop, free downloads. I've got all sorts of free things on there. This particular one is the Discover Your Purpose Assessment. And I'm a real practical person, you know, coming from banking and the things I like to see results because I learned from that, that my purpose is bringing vision to reality. And I apply that across all the different things that I do. But it's questions like this. What do I do that's easier for me than other people? Why, why is that a good question to ask? Because I know God's put the gifts and talents in each of us that he's designed for us. It tells us that in the word, that he's given us a special endowment, a special grace for the calling on our life. And so one of the clues is what do I do that I just see things or is easier? And I'm sure you're thinking of things right now, all of you listening and and both of you, that's just easy for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I used to look at that and I'd get frustrated at other people like, why can't you get this? And one of those things is if you give me your vision, it's just like I can see how to help get you there, the steps, right? Mm -hmm. So it helped me to go back on my life in that and say, what was easy? And then I realized, wow, those were those gifts and talents that God's talking about that he gave me. All right, so he's going to put gifts and talents in my life that's going to contribute to my purpose. That's one question. Another one is the Word of God tells us that He gives us the desires of our heart. We look at that and we think, oh good, anything I want, God's going to give me that desire. That, that's part of, but that's not how I look at it. When you seek God, He gives you the desires. He plants them in us. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm seeking you. My desires are safe. Right, because you know, if they were against the word, I would say you know don't go, don't follow that. But I sort of did trust in that what I actually had a desire to do, I could trust that because He put that desire in me. Um, another one is just looking back on a career. I used to think I was all over the place, uh, and even the times where I wasn't walking with the Lord, I was just like in this state of regret or like, oh my goodness, I just wasted that time. And I'm telling you, God never gives up on us. He never releases us no matter during that time. So I started to ask, okay, those times that I was discounting because it was before I got born again, before I was living for the Lord, I started to ask him, Lord, what in that time did you have your hand on my life? And I had no idea. And I realized that even though I wasn't living for him, that he was moving my life in a way knowing what was ahead. So even during those times, there was a beautiful thread that flowed through my life that contributed to my purpose. 
So I've got like about nine questions in there. That's just a sample of a few. But I've done um, workshops on that. I've worked with a lot of people. And I'll just tell you, there's there's something about this assessment that I believe is is kind of like anointed, you might say, or supernatural questions from God. And I would encourage you to take that assessment and just know that God's got something on the other side to show you that is amazing and it's very, very deep in you. I think when people try to find their purpose, sometimes they do miss it. Sometimes they didn't, weren't walking with, with Jesus or, or something different in their life. And they might say, Karen, like, I, I tried that. I f- and, and I failed at it. I don't want to try again. Or mm-hmm. I, I, I missed it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, you speak a lot in this book about, about failure as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Which people can easily focus on. It's so easy to look back at that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can have that be an anchor, just something that kind of is dragging behind mm-hmm. and just holding you back. And mm-hmm. we, you have to deal with that. Um, and you kind of make this distinction between, you know, kind of failing when you're confident of your purpose and, uh, and when you're not. And, and, when, and can you speak to this point and tell us a little bit more of what God has spoken to you on that, on that point of failure? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I share this story uh, in the book that uh, when I came out of college, I, was, I really wanted this job. It was with a check printing company and it was uh, like with banking. And I'd gone all the way through the interview process. And at the end, uh, they had me take a personality test. And I was so like, I wanted to tell them everything I thought they wanted to hear. Well, that personality test actually kicked me out of the job for whatever reason. After that, it was like, I thought it was going to be hired and I wasn't hired. Right. So that was like major rejection of me trying to like think the way that I thought they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So. First of all, when we have failures like that, we can look at it and we can think, oh my goodness, there's something wrong with me. But when you go in deep and you realize that you're accepted by God, you're loved, you're already successful, you're not trying to gain success. And when you have that type of position, which I didn't have back then, I was able to move from looking at those situations and maybe what people thought of me to realizing that I already have success because I have Jesus in me. Mm. It doesn't mean that things won't go wrong once in a while. Mm. And I think there's times that I have had, I would say, noble failure, absolutely for sure, things that haven't gone right, even amidst a lot of pressure. But when you remember that scripture, Romans 8:28, that has really helped me like, Lord, right now, this looks really bad. I made a big mistake, but I know you're bigger than this. And I just want you to know, Lord, like despite me messing up, despite, you know, this thing happening that, that didn't go well, I'm trusting you that you will take this and you will make it for good. I'll never forget, this is a recent fairly recent story I was in charge of a big live stream and um, it was a lot of pressure it was a a big deal and everything fell on me I was in charge of this running smoothly well in the midst of it we had a major major problem with the process where the people that we were supposed to have in the audience only a fraction of them could actually watch this live stream and it was a fundraising one so can you imagine going in it's like okay i've talked them into doing something new Uh, this is a really important project and something in this 
didn't work and the people couldn't even watch it. So I, I remember like feeling the pressure. Do you know what I mean? Like when you start to take on pressure and I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I failed in just going down that path of like playing that movie in your head. Like what is the worst case scenario? But because of what I walked through and what I share in this book, I was able to grab hold of that thought and just say, you know what, if I go, I knew enough, if I continued playing that bad movie in my head, that was probably the direction it was going to go. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, right? Mm -hmm. I grabbed hold of that and I just was like, okay, Lord, this is a Romans 8, 28. I messed up, I feel horrible right now, but I, I need you to come through for me and take care of this. And I was able to release that back up to him. And you know, at the end of that, we raised all the money we had hoped for. In the midst of it being such a disaster, just that little tweak of I'm turning my heart towards trust for you, Lord. This is, you put me here. You purposely planted me here. You didn't bring me here to fail. And we, it was just miraculous. And I've applied that over and over in my life. And sometimes our best success comes from what we might consider initially to be a failure. But in that, who receives the glory for that? I couldn't go and just say, yeah, I'm really great. I got this all right. I could only go and say, by the grace of God, he took care of this for us. You know, kind of gets us out of the way Mm-hmm. Which when we're people that want to perform, we want to do a lot. We, we're just like really go-getters. We can get in the way of God doing something amazing because we're just stuck in the good of what we think we can do on our own. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love how you you stopped that mental train. Mm-hmm. You know, and because there's so many times you just start replaying that same video. We all know those videos. We all have those different videos that we play in our lives and yes. our minds. And mm-hmm. um, but you stopped it, yeah. and you brought God into it. God, like you prayed, like and and you stood on the word because so many times we we just let that train go and we don't mm-hmm. stop it with mm-hmm. the word of God. And you know we and you know they say how to get rid of a negative thought is to replace it with a more powerful thought and I love mm-hmm. how you replace that negative thought with the more powerful word of God yes. thought mm-hmm. and he said God you don't you didn't bring me here to fail and like I, I was just thinking how Jesus he leads us in victory mm-hmm. you know he leads his people into victory and sometimes we might feel like failure but ultimate victory he leads us into Does. Mm-hmm. and I love I love how you that's just such a great example because when you know everybody's gonna when we try we're going to we're going to have pushback especially when we're trying to build kingdom there Absolutely. is going to be there is a spiritual opposition to yes. you going and trying to do the thing that God because you know when you find that identity when you find that purpose and you break onto it I break out into it I know I mean it's just anybody that has tried to do anything knows especially when it's kingdom related there's going to be spiritual pushback yes. you just need to be ready for it mm-hmm. it's so true and, and yeah go ahead and when you and when you come against that you need to re- one stop the train. You know, mm-hmm. take stop every those thought thoughts, captive take those to the obedience captive. of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. And replace it mm-hmm. with the Word of God. And you rely. You know, it, it goes back to that that wise man we talked about earlier. Building your life upon the Word of God, building those thought processes and those things, and going back. And when when all else fails, when those storms come and the floods rise, 
where is your hope? Where's your trust? And what yes. have you built your life on? It's mm-hmm. the word. And he is leading you into those successes and those, and those, and this just the wind that he has for yeah, you. Yeah. And yes. as you mentioned, who gets the glory? It's exactly. the Lord. Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. And, um, you know, we don't like problems, uh, but God will cause those problems to help make us stronger. You know, the word of God says that we need perseverance, which leads to character, which eventually leads to hope. Where sometimes if we don't go through some challenges and resistance, you know, when we're at that elevated point that the Lord has maybe given us a lot of responsibility, if something comes along, it can, you know, if we haven't built up that strength and and a lot of times it is through what we are just describing, then um, we're not prepared emotionally, uh, spiritually to be able to handle some of the challenges that come at us. But here's a word that that I think is really um, gonna encourage you uh, as you walk out your purpose, and it's in the CEB version, but it says that many are the plans in a man's mind, but the Lord's purpose will succeed. And so just even looking at a situation, going in, it's like, Lord, I'm saying yes to you. Um, just knowing that we might have a lot of plans, other people might have plans for you, but when we're aligned with God's purpose, it doesn't say you might succeed. It doesn't say, ah, maybe if you do everything right. But it says the Lord's purpose will succeed. Mm-hmm. And our job is, you know what, just don't give up. True. Just keep going forward. And then we build that perseverance. We build that character that really equips us to be at a, at a high level in uh, what God's called us to do. I think it's important to note, too, that character and purpose work together. So we know purpose has a lot to do with uh, the gifts and talents. We can start to get clues about our purpose from there. Um, and it even says that our gifts and talents will bring us before kings, right? Mm-hmm. But it's our character that will keep us before kings and in relationship. And so where do we receive character? From the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so being grounded, we call it a heart-to-heart relationship with the Lord, is our priority, right? Mm-hmm. And it's out of that flow these other things. Then we take those gifts and talents, and with that, we receive sustained success. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is a great example of that. He said that, I've given you glory on the earth, Lord. This is how he kind of defines success. And I've done everything that you called me to do. Mm. The heart, what's my heart in doing what I'm doing? It's to give God glory. And Jesus gives us that example. And how do I walk it out? I do everything that you've asked me to do. Mm. And then at that point, we know that the glory is going to go to God. And then we can lean into him and just cooperate with him on this journey. I heard it said recently that, you know, and success in the kingdom is obedience. And, you know, our, when we are walking in the purposes that God has for us, mm-hmm. those things that he's, he's called us to, supernaturally appointed us for, then that's where we really find our success. That's where we're going to find the mm-hmm. satisfaction. We're, that's where we're going to find those purposes yes. fulfilled in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's those things. It's the Lord's purpose. That and it takes off the pressure that's uh-huh. so easy totally. to take on, you know, as the word says, you know, 
my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yes. It's like, okay, God, I'll give you the pressure that I'm feeling. Yes. <laughs> <It's all yours. laughs> and we just follow that path that he's given us. Um, Dave and I, when we talk about this, we, we have something called AQ. Mm. Um, so we know there's IQ, there's EQ. Uh, we know that, you know, maybe there's WQ, wealth quotient, like God's called us to do something big, but we don't have the money. There's HQ, which is like, you know, what's a doctor say about our health? But when you line up with the, the God-given purpose in your life and you maintain like the most important thing is that heart-to-heart relationship with the Lord, we say that gives us something called AQ, anointing quotient. Mm. And AQ trumps every other Q. Wow. Um, there's a, a study, it was really interesting on Stanford, and 85% of the graduates from Stanford work for people less intelligent than they are. This is just an example. A lot of things the world tells us, like, hey, if you just do this, you're going to succeed. You know, if you just do this. But really, that's, that's not true. It, it's what does God say about us. And when we line up with that, no matter what our past, no matter what we've dealt with, no matter how big things seem, when we tap into that anointing, which God's purpose is connected to, literally all things are possible. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great word. So in, in closing, what advice would you give to someone who's just starting the journey of pursuing their purpose? They're saying, you know, I, I love what you've said. I, you know, I'm, I'm inspired to, to start. Now what? <laughs> Great. So, well, first of all, just um, receive the truth that God has a unique purpose for your life, uh, that everybody is um, just filled with unique things that God put in you. He made you. So when you can trust him, just realize the destiny that he has for you. You are in great hands. Um, And then next, I would really encourage people to download that Discover Your Purpose assessment Mm -hmm. and start seeking God on those questions and just ask him, Lord, what do you have for me? Um, And then get grounded in the word of God, in that heart-to-heart relationship, because everything God has for us, the foundation is being connected to him. Mm -hmm. He is the provider. And then in that all the doors open, the grace, the favor, the open doors. And don't look at it as a performance. Our purpose is not like performance of our job or things, but purpose is something that God's already put in you and it's a cooperation. It doesn't put pressure on you to walk it out. Love that. Love that. The promise of purpose. Karen, where can people find your book and how can our listeners connect with you? Oh, thank you. Um, You can buy the book anywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's available. I also have a package uh, that is a promise of purpose, the book, a journal, a declarations that's all about purpose that you can speak over yourselves, a little bookmark with that, and a promise of purpose mug that's available on my website. That's at karenconrad.net. I would love to hear from you. Um, You can join. I've got a Promise of Purpose community that I'm personally on uh, and communicating with people, which has been really fun. Uh, And you can email me at info at karenconrad.net. Wonderful. What a powerful book, especially for this time uh, in, in history. 
because mm-hmm. it's so important that people find their purpose, the purpose that God has for them, not necessarily the purpose that they think, but the purposes of God in their life. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So, um, wow, so thankful for your obedience in putting this book together for people to go and, and find their purpose and the, the tools that you're, you're empowering people with. Wow, amazing. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And thank you again for being on the podcast today. What a, what a, yes. a blessing. What a Thank you for joining us today. This has been incredible and um, just so encouraging for listeners and for us as well. Karen, thank you so much. Blessings in all you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you.